Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Our gospel reading for today, or the main focus of our reading today, is one that comes to us from John's gospel, if you would like to follow along in your bulletin or follow along on the screen. But our reading for today is from John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19. So let us listen now to God's holy word and what it has to say to us this day. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me I have given to them, And they have received them, and I know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you have given to me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask that you protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. This morning we find Jesus during one of the last moments of his time on earth. The passage this morning from John's Gospel is part of a larger series of farewell addresses that Jesus leaves for his disciples. But these 
farewells are not really the focus for us today. Because there's even something more powerful happening right in front of us. Something that is happening in the midst of Jesus waiting for his eventual betrayal, trial, and crucifixion. And what is that, you may ask yourselves? That in the midst of all of this, Jesus stops to pray. And not only does Jesus pause to pray, but Jesus prays for those whom he loves, those whom he holds close to his heart. He doesn't even pray for himself. Prayer is an act of love, an act of thanksgiving, an act of grieving, an act of celebrating, an act that holds together all the feelings our heart could possibly feel, even the ones we cannot name. So how are you praying? How are you praying today? And do those prayers reflect or include those people whom you love? As much as I love reading scholarly works about spiritual practices, I think theologians and philosophers and church leaders have talked about prayer for so long in a way that paints it as only a spiritual exercise or discipline. And that's okay, because prayer is an exercise, it's a discipline. But I think in all this talk about prayer as these elevated things, we've mystified prayer. In many ways, I think we've lost the ability to pray organically from the heart. I can remember a time early on in my ministry where I was leading a retreat for various church folks. And it got to a point where I asked someone if they would volunteer to pray. Can you guess what happened? The room that was roaring with conversation grew quiet. People's eyes darted around the room like a classroom full of students not wanting the teacher to call on them because they didn't want to be called on. And the room remained silent until silence was broke when one person just could not stand the silence any longer, and so they prayed. (laughs) They just wanted it to be over. 
prayer shouldn't be a practice that causes us to sweat bullets. It shouldn't be an exercise that makes us hope that we're not called on or try to formulate then in our mind, oh, maybe I got to think of, you know, what else is going on. Prayer shouldn't evoke that kind of response because prayer, as I said in the beginning, is an act of love. And just like in any loving relationship, what do you do when you want to talk to the other person? Do your eyes dash around the room hoping not to make eye contact? I would imagine you would have a conversation with that person. If they meant something to you, you have a conversation with them. And that's what Jesus does this morning. Jesus doesn't start off with five-point sermons or Jesus doesn't quote some theologian. Well, because who would he have quoted? No, Jesus starts with a conversation. In our conversing with God, in our conversation with God, perhaps there's a couple of things we want to keep in mind. The first one being that prayer can serve as a reminder. That in our conversing with God, we are reminded of the blessings in our lives. And we're given an opportunity to give thanks for the things that we are thankful for. To give thanks for blessings that we count no matter how small. Jesus does that this morning. Jesus gives thanks for the disciples. Those disciples that loved and served, but friends, they were <laughs> prone to making just as many mistakes as we are. But Jesus gives thanks for them. Jesus names them as a blessing for which he is thankful. If we started viewing prayer as this conversation we have with God, don't you think there's a certain level of power or meaning in naming those blessings or parts of our lives that are important to us? I think it's why on Sunday morning, as we lift up prayers, why people continue to turn in names for us to say out loud in our prayers for the people. Because there are people in our lives who mean enough to us that when we name them, there's power to that. And that naming of blessings or people is something we can do more frequently. In our prayer lives, when we are alone and when we are with others. 
Secondly, I think in our viewing prayer as this conversation with God, we can view it as an act of confiding. Like any conversation we have with someone who we trust, who we love, we don't just talk about the good things in life. We don't just only talk about the joy, the celebration. We talk about the things that hurt also. We talk about the things that keep us up at night. We talk about the realities that we face on a daily occurrence. In these conversations, in this prayer, it's one of the very few moments where we can be brutally honest. Where we can be honest about our deep-seated concerns, where we can be honest about our worries, our fears, our doubts. And it's a place where we can ask for help. If we find that the shadows in our lives are painful for us to confront, then perhaps prayer or prayerful conversation with God is a place for us to start as a place for us to begin opening up about what keeps us up at night. Jesus, though being fully God and fully human, had these fears as well. Because Jesus, too, in his prayer, offers up to God what worries him, his concern about the well-being of those he is going to leave behind. He knows that life is going to be hard, and he doesn't sugarcoat it. He confides in God, lifts up those things that troubles him. And friends, I think for us this morning, the question becomes, if we can't confide in God, if we can't name the things that trouble us, that worry us, if we can't lift those up in a conversation to God? Who then are we going to talk to? Prayer is a time for us to be truthful, to tell the truth. And it's a place for us to begin confronting what troubles us. This time we spend with God in prayer might just shine the light you were looking for. Or it might spark an idea to a solution that you were hoping to find. But it's interesting to note that Jesus in his prayer this morning, as we noted before, doesn't focus in on his own problem or his own set of problems but instead prays for others, prays for us, prays for you. And while we may want to at first list all the things <laughs> that we want to get off our chest, I think those tend to sort themselves out if we're just having a conversation. 
it leaves us room to focus on not only just on ourselves, but on the people who are also important in our lives. And there's no wrong way to have that conversation. I was reading last night a study, a medical study titled Prayer and Healing, that tried to research the impact prayer has on a person's health. As you might imagine, the authors of said paper had more questions than answers, such as, is there a wrong way to pray? Does the quality of the prayer matter? Does how long you pray matter? My favorite question, though, included in their conclusion was why would any divine entity be willing to submit to experiments that attempt to validate their, ex their existence and constrain their responses? We can't measure how we pray. I really don't think there is a way for us to say if their a prayer was good or not. I don't think that's a judgment call we can make. What we can say, though, is whether or not we even had a conversation with God in the first place. We shouldn't avoid talking to God because we think we're doing it incorrectly. During his last days, during the last parts of his earthly ministry, Jesus paused to pray. And these prayers continue to reverberate throughout time and space, calling us to bring to God in our prayer our joys, our sorrows, things that we are celebrating, things that we are grieving. These prayers also call out to remind us that our time with God in prayer is an act of love. It's an act of love that we show towards God. It is an act of self-love, and it's an act of selfless love. Love that we express to one another. So let us pray as Jesus prayed for us. Let us pray knowing that through the tough times and through the celebrations, Jesus continues to walk with us. Let us pray so that we never settle for what is, but instead continue to move towards the bending arch of Christ's love, Christ's justice, reconciliation, compassion, mercy, and grace that we are called to embody. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.